This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron, ESPN, ESPN.com. Giants reporter here broadcasting, taping the Mia Copa episode. Really not much, just one Mia Copa, maybe almost two. We'll get to the second one later. It involves the carpenter, okay? You'll know what I'm talking about. And it involves Daniel Jones, the Maras, and the carpenter. If you're on Twitter, you might know what I'm talking about. But I'll get it to you later. So I might have a mea culpa there. But it seems it might be all right. But, you know, the real mea culpa that I got for you is I have to apologize. Because I was wrong. I made a comment in an episode earlier this year. And Pat Leonard actually has been giving me crap for it for weeks. And... I've come to the realization that I had a gross miscalculation, and it involves the Giants playmakers. We still sit here and we talk about Daniel Jones. Look, he's playing with the, you know, they got him all these weapons. What weapons? What weapons are we talking about? I called the Giants. I said they have, when healthy, the second best group of weapons in the NFC behind the Bucs. In retrospect, I probably forgot the Rams in there. A healthy Rams team, which a lot has changed there because Robert Woods got injured. But forget the Rams for a second. The Giants' weapons are not even close to the top in the NFC or the league or the NFL in general. We have to come to a realization of what they have. And what do they have? We have Saquon Barkley. He's a name at this point. He's a name. His production, you put his numbers on. I have an article coming on Friday. You put his numbers next to Devontae Devontae Freeman, I almost called him. Uh, Devontae Booker. They're basically identical. And this isn't a knock against Devontae Booker, who's, you know, a decent NFL player, quality NFL player. But that's what Saquon Barkley has devolved into. And we have to be realistic. When he's on the field this year, he's just been a serviceable uh, sort of replacement level player in regards to yards per carry. Uh, 10-plus yard runs, yards after contact, breaking tackles. He leads the team in drops. So when we say Saquon Barkley, like, oh, Daniel Jones and the Giants offense, they have Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. Well, what are those guys? Kadarius Tony, who's, by the way, and a talent, and I could see it as well. There's potential there to be a really good player. The dude has been a good player for one and a half games. One and a half games. So what is Kadarius Tony? We'll find out. He's certainly talented. He can make guys miss and could be a good player in the sleep. But he's been injured. He was behind at the beginning of the year. So he really hasn't provided much this season. Like literally nothing. One and a half games. Right? Two and a half games. Sorry. New Orleans, Dallas, and then the first quarter of the, of the next game when, when he got injured. So two and a half games. And then Saquon, I mean, he's a shell of himself. He's just an, he's just an average, you know, Below average, low end running back in free agency. That's what Devontae Booker was, even though he signed on the first day. He was just like, you know, a, what, a $3 million kind of running back. That's what Saquon Barkley is right now on the field. Maybe he gets back to what he was. Maybe he's able to get healthier. But right now, what he's provided, 
what he's produced when he's on the field, coming back from a knee injury first, getting injured, hurting his ankle, now dealing with this ankle, is he's just the guy. There's 50 running backs in the NFL that are probably better than Saquon Barkley right now. Sterling Shepard, he can't stay healthy. Kenny Galladay was supposed to be that number one. Well, guess what? The one question, big question mark with Kenny Galladay was really health. And he hasn't been healthy either. He hasn't been able to create separation. So what are the Giants playmakers? Like what playmakers do they have that are high end right now this year? And you know what the answer is? None. So my mea culpa is that I screwed up. I overevaluated, overestimated them. I overhyped them. I expected too much from this group. They are not premier playmakers right now. It's been since 2018 for Saquon Barkley. It's been since 2019 for Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony, we've never seen it. Sterling Shepard has not been able to stay healthy. Darius Slayton has become a shell of himself. So the Giants playmakers, they're not special. They're not very good. They're below average right now as a group, significantly, with what they're putting out on the field on a weekly basis. So now that we got that straight, we'll talk about the, the Giants they stunk. They lost 20 to 9 in Miami. Offensively, they stunk, right? Mike Lennon started. And like, seriously, what did I don't understand? They've been a bad offense all year. What did you expect? What did you expect? So you've been a bad offense all year. Now you're putting in a backup quarterback. What do you think is gonna happen against a good defense? They're not gonna score points. Duh. You know, I've been the, the guy with the, the finger on the pulse, you know, the stamp of approval. Notice I didn't say anything about that game. And you're not going to probably hear me say anything about this Chargers game either. Because the Giants aren't in good shape. Who knows who starts at quarterback? Daniel Jones is going to miss again this week. There's hope Mike Lennon starts. If not, it's Jake Fromm. People want Jake Fromm to start. I don't think they're going to like the result of that either. That would probably be awful, in my opinion. Being a guy who was on a practice squad of the Bills, was their fourth quarterback. And Giants fans are pining for Jake Fromm to start. Like, what do you think that's going to look like for a bad offense that hasn't been able to score no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the offensive coordinator is? You know, their offensive line is what it is. It's not good. Can't go back and pass. Now, the, Giants, the, the, the one ray of hope for the Giants is that they could, the, the Chargers are bad rush defense. They could run the ball this week, but we'll see. But so, so we're, we're Jake Fromm? We're sitting there saying, oh, Jake Fromm's the guy? Jake Fromm's going to solve the answers to the Giants' offense? Well, good luck. Good luck in that. And uh, the, the, new, the one we're going to be talking about now, and we, we mentioned it last week, it's picking up steam. Uh, somebody put it out there that Jordan Schultz put out you know, more about Russell Wilson to the Giants as one of the potential landing spots. The other two were, what, the Saints and uh who was the third denver that's that's as much as i'm going to address this now because i mean we're, we're f there's five games remaining in the season the trade the trade deadline has passed like that's that's a topic for you know january february march not with five games left in the season when it can't happen now the giants are in bad cap shape money wise to be able to make a move like that a big move like that and they're going to use all their draft capital to make a move like that Man, this team's in a tough spot. And I'll, I'll finish on this, and then we'll get to our guest. Dan Duggan's going to jump on with us. Athletic Giants reporter Dan Duggan. I'll end with this. Everybody wants to get rid of Daniel Jones. Well, I've been talking to people around the league. I talked to a general manager, uh, a coach who has uh, extensive experience working with quarterbacks and another high-level executive. And they all still believe Daniel Jones is a quality starting quarterback that could around the top 10 to 15 quarterback or should be or can be. So there's people around the league who still believe in Daniel Jones. 
I believe the Giants still believe in Daniel Jones. And what makes most sense to me, given their money situation, roster situation, offensive line situation, draft capital that they have, the move to me is to roll with Daniel Jones for one more year. He's cheap. Use that draft capital. Invested in the offensive line. Invested on an edge rusher. Improve the roster. And then the following year, you'll have more financial flexibility if you need to make a big move. Now, maybe... It's not ideal. This is the offseason to do it. But the Giants just aren't in position this offseason to do it. So I already spent too much time talking about that. Let's get on and talk to our guest here. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's talk to our guest this week, Dan Duggan from The Athletic. Dan, welcome back. Appreciate you uh, talking to us. We're like sitting in the same hotel right now, <coughs> but we're taping this through Zoom in different rooms. If this isn't, you know, peak 2021, I don't know what it is. Seriously. But how you, how you doing? What are we doing in Arizona? Explain the great question we keep asking ourselves. <laughs> What's that? It's a great question that we keep asking ourselves all week. It's definitely a, a bit of a random trip. Um, it is a random trip. Uh, the, you know, the Giants went from Miami instead of flying back to New Jersey. They went to spend the week in Arizona before going to L.A. And Joe Judge referenced some sort of uh, part of the reason was because you wanted to like stay in the warm weather, like it's good for your body. You ever hear anything about this? <laughs> no, but I'm actually I'm not complaining as you know, I'm sitting there in shorts and a t-shirt in December. So I mean it definitely uh I'm not gonna push back. He didn't send us to, you know, uh, we're gonna go stay in Minnesota for a week in December. So I can't I sure, can't. My hate body on does it too feel much. better, I guess. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> my question is I want to see the the invoice for this. If they lose on Sunday and John Mara gets that bill from the uh the resort they're staying at for like two hundred thousand dollars and I wonder how that'll go over. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't worry about the Giants or any NFL team for that matter making money or spending money. They're, they'll be they'll be fine. I'm not I'm not gonna cry for uh you know the amount of you know, the amount of money they're spending. Uh and I have to restructure their contracts, but yeah, seriously. They they think about the think about the money wasted on, on specific players over the years. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into it though. For let's we'll talk for a second about the upcoming game because there, there is some intrigue here. Um I mean, what the heck are we expecting from Sunday in Los Angeles? Like, we don't know the quarterback. We don't know who's playing for the other team. We're taping this on uh, Wednesday afternoon, evening. Uh So, I mean, do the Giants really have a chance if they're throwing a backup or third string quarterback out there? How how are you feeling about that? Uh, I would say probably not a really good chance. Um, You know, and the Chargers have their own little COVID situation going on. That might change things a little bit. It's kind of been a little confusing trying to figure out who's going to be available uh, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But I mean, if they're both out, uh, that levels the playing field a bit. I mean, they're not going to get any sympathy from the Giants who haven't had their top two wide receivers on the field probably more than two games um, this season. But but yeah, I mean the quarterback situation is is uh, is pretty bleak. Um, obviously, you know, don't expect Daniel Jones to, to play. But then uh, Joe Judge kind of cleared Mike Lennon from the concussion protocol a little prematurely today, so he certainly 
is on track, it sounds like, to start. Um, but then if he doesn't, then you're talking about Jake Fromm, a guy who's never taken a snap in an NFL game. Would be um, an, you know, it would be an utter disaster if he started. Yeah, I mean, I, it's I can't see like, that going well. No, I mean, he's been here literally like eight days at this point. I mean, by the time Sunday comes, he'll have six practices. His quarterback's coach won't be on the field with him this week because he, Jerry Szaplinski, is in, you know, COVID quarantine. So um, it would be a, a tall task to go ahead and start an NFL game uh, under those circumstances. So I, I think right. we'll see Mike Lennon. Obviously, I understand why the fan base doesn't want to see Mike Lennon ever again uh, after that performance on Sunday in Miami. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, listen, it's a quarterback driven league. So I don't care really like who's in and out for the Chargers. If it's Mike Lennon under center, um, I don't give the Giants a great shot against the team quarterback by Justin Herbert. Which brings us to the, the topic that is the, the real topic at hand here is the Daniel Jones situation. Okay. He has a neck injury. We don't know anything besides that it's a strained neck, right? Yeah. What, what do you make of the whole intrigue there? And whether he's going to make it back, you know, the carpenter, which I'm going to get to later, <laughs> the carpenter story. He, the carpenter said he's going to end up missing the year. That was how it was going to play out. I, I heard differently. What, what are you feeling about how right now, as we sit here, about the prospects of Daniel Jones playing again this year? I mean, I think the carpenter very well may end up hosting an episode of uh, this podcast. <laughs> <in other laughs> terms. Uh, I mean, listen, Joe Judge is always very... Um, particular with his wording and anytime any season ending question comes up, he always at says the at the moment, at this point, not at this time, it's never, no, there's no chance. And don't worry about that. He's definitely gonna be back. He has stayed far from saying anything like that. So it's certainly on the table. I mean, and honestly, it's, if this was September, you might say he'll definitely be back, but you know, time is kind of dwindling now too. I mean, if you don't get, doesn't play this week, well, you have four weeks left. And you know, um, again, it's a neck. It's just, it's a, it's a different body part. Like if it's a hamstring, you know, they see a million hamstrings, the guy rehabs it to a certain point. He can run, he can do this. You play the neck, the whole contact thing is, which just makes it so much dicier. I mean, listen, they're going to specialists. They're, you know, going all around. He's obviously getting, um, the best input that they can possibly find. So the fact that it's still so murky, I mean, obviously they're not sharing everything. No, I, I have a hard time believing it's strictly just the next strain at this point, but um, you know, we don't know. They've, they've just kind of kept it murky, obviously intentionally. Uh, Joe Judge did say today that, you know, they're guarding against, you know, sort of becoming a long-term issue. So I think that's why they're certainly not going to rush him back out there because if there's any chance that something happens, if he gets hit the wrong way, um, you know, obviously we've seen guys who, you know, a neck injury can be career ending. Um, so they certainly don't want to you know, mess around with that, but no, it's been, it's been very strange. Um, to really have not been able to get to the bottom of it. it felt like last week they couldn't get to the bottom of it, but now that he had the, the follow-up with this, uh, specialist in, in Los Angeles on Monday, um, you know, and he, and he didn't get cleared. That doesn't seem to bode well for him all of a sudden next week, turn around and getting cleared. It seems like there has to be some sort of long-term concerns. And I just think it, it might just get to a point where best get, you know, the best thing to do is just shut him down. So we'll, we'll see if we get to that it's point. So strange because we're standing there at practice and he's out there running, rolling out and making throws on the run. And, you know, like you're whipping your arm and your neck when you do that. Like, and, and he's, he's fine doing that. And you're like, well, how badly can he be hurt? Like, what is it? Like, what, what is it that's stopping them from giving him clearance? Right. It's just, it is definitely an awkward situation. One of the stranger injury situations I've been around, uh, which takes us to our time covering the giants. Right. There's been some strange, awkward, we could say dysfunctional situations. So let's play a little game. Ready? Okay. All right. I'm going to start. 
I'll talk about one of the stranger, awkward, dysfunctional situations we had to cover over these past, what, five, six years. Mm -hmm. And then you try and one up me and we'll go back and forth here. All right. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> all so right. I'll start with Janoris Jenkins. Uh, <laughs> getting you can go anywhere with that one. Not, want to come, not wanting to come back, not coming back on time from the bye week because he just wanted to celebrate his birthday. Interesting one to cover. I mean, I like his honesty was commendable, but uh, his excuse was uh, quite unique, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do appreciate that. He didn't say, oh, you know, plane trouble. He basically said, hey, it's my birthday. So I, you know, wanted to celebrate. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. He, he's got to go down memory lane because you kind of have recency bias, but there was definitely crazier stuff, I think, in like the McAdoo days. I mean, there was times where I can't remember the guy's name. He's a cornerback. He just kind of like went AWOL during camp. And like we asked McAdoo if he was, what was his name? Valentino Blake or something Not, like yeah. that. Yeah. And then he changed his name. Yeah. That's why it's confusing. But so I remember he kind of like went, like AWOL and Mackie kind of lied and said he was in the building, but like someone knew where he was and they put him on that weird list. Like, you know, did not report or something like that. Um, that was strange. I mean, that whole defensive back group from that 2016, 17 uh, era, there was, there was a lot of interesting characters uh, in that group. So I'll, I'll kick it back to you. And then while I'll try to think of something better, but that, that one stuck. All in right, my well, head I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that group then and go to the whole Eli Apple situation of, uh, <laughs> Eli Apple basically just imploding, right? Uh, not giving effort, getting suspended, uh, telling everyone he had to go take a crap, and then it ends up on the, ends up on the cover. Was it the Daily News? Eli Crapple. No, the New York Post. All time New York back Post. Page. Eli Crapple. Eli Crapple. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, just a disaster of a draft pick. It did not work out for him or the Giants. That was that was something to cover as well. That season in general, just I mean. The, the poop hit the fan like left and right, like every week. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we could do DRC in that season too. Yeah. Well, DRC had a funny one though. Cause when he got suspended, he had the blow up with McAdoo. And I think, you know, you like, I don't care. Suspend me, whatever. I don't want to play. And then he realized he didn't get like his $520,000 game check for that week. And he, uh, <laughs> he vowed not to get suspended ever again. <laughs> could you uh, imagine that? Five hundred thousand. No, he threw $500,000 down the drain for, for like basically nothing. Yeah, he could have just sulked through the week, and I think they were going to bench him anyway. So you know, have to show up basically to practice for two more days. But uh, I thought of it going as we're sitting here talking because I think it came up this week when we were just uh, shooting the breeze. I mean, it wasn't a funny topic. It was all about the Josh Brown thing, but that was such a disaster in terms of the logistics. Because remember, they were literally yeah. going to London. Bags are packed in front of people's lockers, and we're sitting there like waiting to see if he's going to get on the plane. And I think they, I think they left him home initially. I don't think they cut him right away. Obviously, John Mara had the very kind of uh, regrettable interview with Francesa that we were all listening to, like in Newark Airport, you know, getting ready for this cross country, uh, cross Atlantic flight. But then the crazier part, the kind of funnier part about it is the next day we're at some like castle in like the hills of London. I don't oh, know where yeah. that was. And so, like, that's supposed to be just like this goofy little thing where we talk about football and football, like, you know, the different uh, sports and the, the British media has fun with it. But we're like grilling people about like domestic abuse. But then meanwhile, like the British tabloid reporters are like you know, asking questions about like Odell's hair and stuff. I mean, that was just a surreal scene. I mean, they're practicing on like some like patch of grass at a castle. And we're all like firing, you know, sitting at our you know, computers, filing stories about this, you know, you know, hugely controversial topic. It was just the setting was just absolutely preposterous. I mean, the whole Josh Brown thing was dysfunction at its absolute finest. I mean, I'll even add to that. Uh, so the Giants at the time 
were like, they didn't know what was going on. They, they were getting the information like through the courts and the, you know, the Kings County, you know, court system, whatever, like after us, they were, they asked media member, like they were that far behind on getting the information, like where they got the information. And we're just basically getting it from like the public information that they were, that they were releasing. And yeah, the giants were just like, obviously so far behind and out of the loop on this. And what, a, what a just dysfunctional situation. And then obviously John Marrick goes on the air with Mike Francesa and basically admits they knew that Josh Brown had domestic violence passed and had hit his wife, or at least there was a claim he had hit his wife. And wow. What, what a just, oh. You almost can't beat that dysfunction except for, uh, you know, a few other things that happened over the past few years. But yeah, that's something. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a fiasco of just epic proportions. But I just thought it was, it was just funny that it took place in that setting. Like, you know, if it was just happened in New Jersey, it would be yeah. uh, kind of a disaster on the public relations front. But then having to deal with it in that setting was just kind of ridiculous. Man, I tried to, I wish you gave me a little prep on this because there's definitely some good ones that I'm not thinking of because it's just kind of like you get in the, 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 the mode, you for, you can't step back and think about what happened a couple of years ago. I mean, I have the Shermer error to me is like a blur. I don't even really remember anything standing out. I'm sure there was some, some ridiculous. Oh, the, the all time uh, presser after that crazy week with Odell doing the Lil Wayne and <laughs> Anderson interview. And <laughs> when Shermer after the game is getting asked about it, he got so mad. He just yells, that's it. I'm not talking about Odell. Finito. <laughs> finito. That, Done. The finito punctuation was, was great. I, mean, I think it was, it was either you or Pat Leonard. Or, you know, it was Pat. That was Pat. Yeah. <laughs> he was. See, Pat, Pat Shermer was a funny guy because he was so milk toast. But man, if you got him going, he had like a real hot temper. And it, oh, it yeah. He could get red times. assed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it, it came out a few times. You're like, whoa. And that was definitely one of them. He was well, fired up. Like he couldn't, he couldn't help himself sometimes. Yeah. He actually uh, had a, like basically a confrontation with Pat Leonard in the, in the locker room. I might've <laughs> been after that same game. I think it was. Carolina. Yeah. So to build off that, I'll go to the Ben McAdoo press conference where I asked him like, you know, his team just basically got taken to the woodshed. And I said, and I said, you know, you know, they were getting demolished. And I said to him, what did you say to your team at halftime? Oh, God. And he just looked at me and I get in his brain. You could see like his brain, like churning. And like, he didn't want to say what was coming to his mind. And he just said, um, <laughs> and then dead silence. Didn't answer the question. Just stared out there. Like, and like kept like licking his lip and holy cow, is that awkward? You, and you knew he was done when the Giants like actually put that in their transcription. Like they could have just like skipped over that, but yeah. just in the you know, in the way they do it, it's like um, just that period. The next question <laughs> that was a hilarious legendary uh, that was transcript the Giants put out right there. We haven't um, touched on any Odell stuff yet either. Oh, I know he, and that's I mean, what that's what I mean. Some of the stuff I'm forgetting because I mean he was like a trip like every day. I mean there was the ridiculous uh, owners meetings where the whole trade stuff came up first. And that was like the, the the video with him in the hotel room with like a model and what's on the, what's on the uh, plate or whatever. Pizza, had. of course it was pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It was pizza <laughs> was, crust, Dan. Come on. What fiasco. are you talking about? Pizza crust. We all know that. <laughs> that was a fiasco. Where everyone's chasing John Mayer around this, like, you know, a thousand dollar night resort trying to corner him. I'm like, you got to trade him. You're not going to trade him. And then Gettleman comes out with like a prepared statement about like the importance of teamwork and stuff. I mean, it was, that was, <laughs> and we could also, you know, Dave certainly has plenty of stories. Maybe there'll be another podcast where we can revisit some of those, but uh, yeah, there's been some, I mean, listen, you don't have 
the type of ineptitude they've had on the field the last five years without plenty of it going on kind of behind the scenes and uh, in the building. And so certainly uh, they've had their share of that. Yeah, well, uh, there's obviously the Odell kicking net, punching the hole through the wall, the the boat trip, uh, you know, all, all those beauties. But I'll end it on this. There is none that beats the Eli benching. Oh. I mean, the Eli benching and that whole thing, the way that went down and John Mara coming into the media room. Yeah, that was, that was a, that's obviously never happened in my time before. After that, that was a one time only where he just had to kind of come and try and put some water on the flames basically. Yeah. And the funny part is the ironic part is, so he comes in the media room and he talks about the whole of everything that went down, like the whole benching and and firing and all that. Right. And he, John Mara basically said, yeah, he knew about the whole plan and everything. And it was his fault. And like somehow revisionist history and the record, like he, he doesn't really get blamed for it. And he like was trying to take the blame for it in that session in the media room. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, like, very awkward. Yeah. yeah that, the whole that, thing, just the peak of dysfunction right there. Yeah, no, that that was a wild week, and that then the the follow up from that and how everything went down. I mean, you, you, people probably forget this too that like three weeks before uh, Reese and McAdoo got fired, the Giants released the statement saying that like they're safe, we're going to evaluate everything at like the totality of the season. Three weeks later, a decision they signed off on they fire the guys. It was that was a uh, quite an about face. Yeah, well, you know, we didn't even touch on the Dave Gettleman area uh, era era in this uh, <laughs> dysfunction segment, so. I guess we'll have to save that for next time. Deal? Sounds good. All right, Dan. Appreciate it. Dan Duggan, on to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Always fun to chop it up with Dan Duggan. We do it all the time on the beat uh, whenever we're on the road and even in the the media room as well. So thanks to him. And now I'm going to open the floor to you. For all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants After Dark. We'll start with Calvin T, who says, any insight on Chris Mara's role in the organization? Tracking, he's been the senior VP of player personnel since 2011. That's about when the wheels started falling off the bus after the last Super Bowl. Well, first of all, let me say this. Chris Mara was there before 2011 also. His title had just changed a little bit. I don't think... He necessarily, that wasn't like the seminal moment that he started gaining more power. But as the Giants got worse, my understanding is his voice got a little bit louder. Now my understanding, talking to people in the organization over the past year or two, was that he's sort of been marginalized. He's not this loud uh, voice in the room serving as sort of like a, a second general manager or another general manager. So I think it's sort of a little bit overblown. Uh, I, I know he's the, one of the easy targets nowadays about how much input Chris Mara has at the moment. So uh, that's my opinion on that. Uh, question number two 
comes from Chris Medina from email. He says, if everyone comes back healthy, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, and if Isaiah Wilson pans out with, with Andrew Thomas, that is four players for your offensive line next season. <coughs> Isaiah Wilson, to me, is the biggest wild card in the Giants roster, being that he was a first-round pick. Do you think this offensive line is as far away from being good as it seems? Or do the re- coming reinforcements give you cause for optimism? No. No. No, 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 no. Shane Lemieux didn't show enough his rookie year where we could pencil him in. Like, yeah, maybe he could be good, but you can't pencil him in. Isaiah Wilson, you can't pencil Isaiah Wilson in anywhere. He's not even on the active roster. I mean, come on. And Andrew Thomas, while I like him, and he's definitely someone you can write down, and he's a piece for them to build forward, he's not a hot, like, he's not like a, a top tackle. Like, he's been better this year, way better. And you like the improvement, but he's, been, he's still an average tackle. So there, I am not in any way, shape, or form looking at that, what you just told me, and saying, oh, okay, yeah, there's real cause for optimism. No, 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 no. Even Nick Gates comes with a big question mark at this point. God, they need to overhaul that group. Need to get significantly better. They need two quality, proven, high-end starters. That's basically what they need, whether through the draft or through free agency, whatever. They need two really good starters on that. To add two good starters to that line. All right, John Marachian, Marat, Marachanian. The door, Sonora dog looks incredible. This is from Instagram. That's just his, you know. Doing his two cents on the Sonora dog. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Tucson bacon wrapped hot dog. What do you think the Giants do with Judge? I feel like he should get more time. It's not his fault. Gettleman can't draft. Uh, I have said this before, and I know people don't like to hear it because they don't like what they see. And there's things that I don't agree with either. I don't like Joe Judge's lack of aggression on fourth down. That really bothers me. Some of the things he does offensively, I think he needs to be more aggressive. But unless things really fall apart, I don't see Joe Judge going anywhere. I don't. I don't. Talk to people in the organization about this, too. They don't want to keep changing uh, coaches every two years. It's not what the organization wants. They like the way Joe Judge prepares, works, handles himself, commands the locker room. Those things work in his favor. Greg Carbino from Instagram says, have to find a way to get Saquon off this team right after the season, right? They aren't close, and he clearly isn't impactful enough to change that right now. Must dedicate scant resources elsewhere. Is a one from someone else a possibility in a trade? I just don't see that. Saquon Barkley, who has one year left at a, uh, you know, on his contract, you know, who's going to play on a fifth-year option at $7 million, someone's going to give up a number one for? I just, I just don't see that at this point. So <clears throat> I think the move is to ro- run it back with him one more year. You're kind of stuck with him unless you, know, you want a, a worse pick than that. So I, I think that's, that's the likelihood. I mean, I really do. Is you're probably going to have to run it back and hope that he gets healthy and better. But you're right. Right now, he's just not a high-end player. Jay Panic 5 from Twitter. Eggnog, where do you stand? I mean, is this a real question? It's gross. I mean, eggnog is gross. You're putting egg whites and egg yolks or whatever kind of egg you put in there, not cooking it up, throwing it in a drink, throwing in like sugar and cream to try and marginalize it, maybe a little nutmeg in there. I mean, tell me, if I told you that, what would you think? You think that's gross. You know, you eat egg, you eat egg yolks like as a dare. No, no, now we're going to put this in the drink. 
everyone's going to drink it for the holidays and be merry and happy. Not me. I'm the Grinch when it comes to eggnog. I mean, I, I just have a hard time thinking a lot of people are going to back me up on this. Eggnog. Gross. Yeah, you can put alcohol in anything and it's fine, but come on. Egg, eggnog is, is not it. It's not it. Bob Lauro from Twitter says, name five players you would build around off this current roster. I dare you. Oof. Bobby Wright, it is tough. Uh, the fact that I'm looking at the offense and the only one I'm coming up with right now, like that I would want. And even then, like Andrew Thomas, but like he's just, you know, he's a, he's a left tackle. He could be good enough as your left tackle. But I mean, I don't see Andrew Thomas as, a, as like an all pro or pro bowl left tackle. Like I, I just don't see that at this point. Not even close. Uh, but I'm going there because of the lack of options. Uh, after that on the offense, I, I really, there's nothing there that I, you know, want to, like that I look at as like definite build around kind of guys. I mean, Kadarius Tony has, uh, he has potential. Uh, Kenny Galladay is a good player, but when he's healthy, but that's a big win. Uh, Leonard Williams, I guess I would start with. Um, James Bradbury, I would start with. I mean, I'm running out of guys. Blake Martinez, you know, he's injured. I would put him on that list because I'm just dying for guys here. And I'm stuck. That's four. I don't want to go anymore. I'm done. Where does Joe Judge get his hoodies? This is from Dan Scally. Uh, from the team, of course. They just, you know, they have like an endless supply of hoodies in that equipment room. But you ever notice Joe Judge has a ton of hats too. He's really into hats. He's very particular about his hats as well. He has, he has good looking hats. So don't think for a second that Joe Judge doesn't care about his hoodies and his hats. Way more than Bill Belichick. But I think the story was that Joe Judge said Bill Belichick cuts the sleeves to his own hoodie, which, you know, I mean, I need to see that just, just for the heck of it. I mean, not, no, no reason other than I just, I want to see it. I mean, don't, wouldn't you want to see Bill Belichick cutting his own hoodie? I mean, it's just, that's just great. It's just so perfect. Uh, all right, let's go back to Instagram. We'll finish up with, uh, where is it? Daniel Cohen. For Giants after dark, why does it seem Kenny Golly only plays 30 to 50% of the snaps and comes off for most third down plays? And why do they keep throwing it to Farrow Cooper? Well, Daniel, first of all, if he's coming off the field, it's because he's not completely healthy. Okay, either he's injured or he's dealing with some stuff uh, physically that they just don't want him on the field on every play. Like if they're going to run the ball or whatever, or they're going to run a certain route and they're not keeping him on the field. Like that's why he's coming off. It's all health-related, and why do they keep throwing it to Farrell Cooper? I dare you. Tell me, who else should they throw it to? Look who's on the field most of the time. Who should they throw it to? Saquon Barkley? He leads the team and drops as a running back. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Think about that for a second. Sterling Shepard, he's not there. Kadarius Tony, he never plays. Kenny Galladay, he's banged up. Like, who are they throwing to? They're looking around. They're saying, this is my slot receiver. He's open. I got to throw the guy the ball. Just the way it turned out. I dare you. Who else should they throw it to? Good luck. On to the next one. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
All right, I'm going to finish up here with a little Jordan on a beat. This is where I tell you a story about what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And I'm going to tell you about the Carpenter. Teased this a little bit earlier, and Dan, Dan Duggan brought it up as well. Well, the Carpenter is apparently a friend of one of the Marrick kids, which, by the way, there's a lot of Marrick kids. I think John has uh, <clears throat> a son and four daughters. And then he has, a, John has like, what, six other siblings, and they all have kids. And most of them are still Maras, and, you know, that includes Chris Maras' kids. So who knows who it could have been. But I will say the Carpenter, who then talked to somebody else, the Carpenter had a client, and the Carpenter talked to the client. And the client then tweeted and said, uh, and I'm just, this is a, a summation because I don't have it in front of me. The, the client said, my Carpenter's friends were one of the Mara kids. Daniel Jones is hurt. This was before anyone heard about Daniel Jones' neck injury. The Giants are going to say, uh, are going are to basically slow play it, not tell you, he, tell you he's out, but not tell you he's out, and he's going to end up being out for the season. Okay, so that comes out. Two or three hours later, it comes out that Daniel Jones is hurt, which, by the way, basically came out of nowhere. So this is obviously probably legit. One of the Americans definitely spoke to a carpenter, his friends with some guy who's a carpenter. And the carpenter told one of his clients this, this before it happened. Now, I tweeted something to the like of, you know, and the carpenter was right. Daniel Jones was hurt. It came out. He heard a neck injury. And, but I spoke to somebody in the organization. I spoke to somebody really close to Daniel Jones. And they both said, you know, we, we think we're hopeful he's going to be back. We think he's going to be back. Don't know when, but we think he's going to be back. So I tweeted something out like, you know, the, the expectation is that he is going to be back this year for sources being saying that sources not being the carpenter. Now, the carpenter has so far been right. Now, if he's right also about Daniel Jones ending up being out for the year, I have to take one on the chin. OK, and then I said I would let the I tweeted out the next day. I'd let the carpenter ho carpenter host this podcast. So if you the carpenter out there or anybody knows the carpenter. Let him know. The offer stands. Breaking Big Blue. His for an episode. If Daniel Jones is out for the year. And I got to take one on the chin. It happens sometimes. People in the know at the time didn't think he was going to be out for the year. At least if they told, that's what they told me. I believe them. I'm a little shaky on that right now, whether I believe them. It definitely seems like a possibility that the carpenter nailed it. I know. That was lame. But we're going to end on that note. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, you know, you know where to find me, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, TikTok. I'm Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.